The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Despite what their moms told them, they just aren't talented enough for radio. Unfortunately, anyone can have a show these days. Sean. Well, I'm pretty hard to figure out sometimes. I can't figure myself out sometimes, so don't you try to. Joe. You're an idiot. And really, a disloyal person. This is the Cuse Militia. Those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. It's the most bullshit thing I've seen in 30 years. Welcome, orange men and ladies. Happy Wednesday. This is the Cuse Militia with Sean and Joe. At Cuse Militia on the socials, go there, join the militia. The orange, they're on the struggle bus. They're riding that thing all the way into South Bend after falling apart in the second half against Illinois last night, 73-44. to You'll hear from us, and we'll hear from you and Fan Feedback Lava on the Spotify app and on YouTube. And as I mentioned, Syracuse will face Notre Dame this Saturday at noon. We'll let you know what we think about that. But first, there's some, obviously, some trickling football news that's happened since we were last on. First, we uh, should mention that I think the bowl game gets announced on Sunday. So we'll find out. And they and Syracuse did put a bid in to not be in the what was it the um, Fenway Bowl. Fenway Bowl, yeah. They did that before they were even bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. So not big fans of going to Baston. So good call, Baston. Good call yeah, no, on I that. Mean, honestly, something tells me that we're going to be in the pinstripe bowl again. Frick, um, I know I talked about it last time. It was like that of the Duke's Mayo Bowl, but that's in Charlotte, and there's too many teams. You know, closer to here that I feel like they'd rather have, like a Wake Forest or an NC State or something. So, Duke. Stupid. Uh, so, anyways, we will look forward to that news this Sunday. And we'll be on Sunday, so maybe we'll know by then. Because Syracuse plays Saturday, so. Um, and, okay, so, transfer portal news. couple receivers. We talked about Anthony Queeley, uh, Courtney Jackson. He announced uh, day before yesterday, I believe. And so Syracuse is going to be a little hurting for some receivers. And it's not anything we haven't dealt with before. So it's a good opportunity. I feel like it's a good opportunity from so- for someone in the transfer portal to look at Syracuse. Give someone that's decent to give Syracuse a serious look. And, 100%. And, and just be like, look. I can be the number two there. Maybe I can be the number one. Uh, Aronde Gadsden, first team, all ACC. Going to be tough to do that. But, hey, all the slots are up for grabs at all times. And not for anything, it's an opportunity to play. So um, for a a decent receiver to get on a decent team with a decent throwing game that has definitely stepped it up since last year, uh, has a lot to do with the talent that you're throwing to. No doubt about that. We saw that this year. So, yeah, good opportunity well, for someone yeah. there to fill that, fill those roles. Yeah, and when you really look at it um, from you know bird's eye view, and you like you know kind of look back, um, 
I mean, clearly he started the last couple of years, and I think a lot of it was because of his, you know, run blocking ability more than it was his pass catching ability. Um, Courtney Jackson was our leading receiver last year prior. Yeah. And around it gets and barely played, right? And um, then these new guys come in, and, you know, and I and Beck, and those receivers just weren't for them. Uh, so realistically, I mean, you know, Courtney Jackson had 15 catches, 201 yards, and really even at the end of the year you had, you know, players like Trevor Pena and Demarcus Adams and Alfred, you know, stepping up. Um, more than than he has, so I don't think they're really bad losses. And when you really look at it, uh, you know we lose no, not utilized that much this year. We kind of got by with no, him. and and we and we lose Devon Cooper. But I mean, p- people have to remember we're still going to have you know OG Ronde Gatson comes back, Damian Alford, Trevor Pena, Demarcus Adams. He started stepping up a little bit later in the year. He's going to be back. Isaiah Jones. He was a starter and he got hurt early. He's going to be back. That's true. Um, Forgot. And, and, hey, um, don't don't rem- don't forget. Garrett Trader, when asked early in the season who his top targets were, mentioned Isaiah Jones. Yes, he did. And he was going to be a big part of this offense, and we never even really got to see it. No. And yeah, we've, totally. we've even seen flashes, you know, spring game and a couple times, you know, with Amari Hatcher, who's had some some opportunities. So um, I still think that, you know, we're going to be um, deep in that room. Um, and, you know, we had uh, the freshman that came in this year, too. I know that we had one receiver freshman that – that you know they were talking about who's gonna you know obviously retro so he'll be a retro freshman so I think that that we're okay in that group but you know at the same time I mean I think there's other positions like offensive line and stuff like that that we can look and definitely concentrate on the transfer portal oh, yeah obviously for that's a big one but I mean if we don't get somebody in the transfer portal I don't think there's gonna be Bleich. a huge huge deal next year Blaise still coming back Blaise coming back that's a yeah. big deal for, for yeah for, I mean I believe we're losing Bergeron Dakota Davis yeah. and Betterello yeah so. But, you know, you bring back Blake and Cruz and Kalen Ellis, you know, I think you got a good little base there. So we'll see what happens as far as, you know, the depth in the room and, and what that looks like. But I'm sure they're going to be looking there for, for transfer portal as well. Uh, you want to wrap up the all-ACC all team quickly? Well, first team, around Gatson, yeah, right? Yeah, we mentioned Which, that. I mean, I don't know if he got it because he's technically a tight end. I don't know, but I still feel like he put up pretty decent numbers. I think um, it's apparent um, to everybody and, and anybody that he's not. He's not. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, second team, Sean Tucker and Matthew Bergeron. Yeah, those are both fair, I feel like. And if you're mad at the Tucker being on second team, I think he struggled a little bit, and I think that's fair. And just go look at Abanacanda and what he did <laughs> well, because yeah, I'm sure well, he's we first teamer. We don't have to look far. For, for that no i'm pretty sure he's the guy there and <laughs> he missed a game or two or a game and a half or something like that uh third team mikhail jones which mm-hmm. i think just kind of goes to how talented the, talent, the, yeah. the linebackers are in this in this conference and then honorable a huge mention, that's a huge show to the talent i believe because michael is an animal and that's a huge show to the talent in the acc as far as linebackers go yep and honorable mention um Marlo Wax, Deuce Chestnut, Garrett Williams, and um, Jihad. Jihad Carter, who had a great year. So Jihad came on a little late um, towards the end of the season, and was, well, he had three interceptions in three games. Um, he's been he's been he's stepped up tremendously um, due through some of the injuries and things that we had, and um, you know Garrett Williams would definitely be on there. Uh, lost him kind of early when you really think about it so you know oh yeah 
you know, it's good he, to even yeah, get out of a mention. You, you, know, you played, would, what, seven games, six games? Something Maybe, like that, I yeah. think it might even be, be five. I think we, lo- we won our against NC State hurt without him. Did he get hurt at Clemson? Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. He played half the season then pretty much. So Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Jihad, he had three interceptions. He had a fumble for a touchdown in that Clemson game. And uh, That's right. Personally, first first quarter against Boston College, he should have had an easy pick six and dropped him. But yeah. um, nonetheless, he was injured the last couple of games. And um, I'm excited to see his progression in the next year. He's going to be a beast. Absolutely. Something to look forward to there. And uh, we'll probably be back Sunday with some more news about that. Okay. The quickest. My, I, I think this is the fastest. <laughs> Wasn't even four minutes. Fastest. The, the presser was uh, dull, but quick. And as it should been, should be, should have been, whatever. There you go. You got it. Uh, I'll get there eventually, Joe. Um, I know. Because of the game. And we all saw the game. I expect it. If you didn't, you watched highlights or whatever. But anyway, without further ado, let's hear what Coach had to say following the loss. You know, our defense kept us in there in the first half. Uh, offensively, we really, Illinois is a tremendous defensive team, and we couldn't really get nothing going on the offensive end. Um, you can play defense for so long. Sooner or later, it's going to break down. And second half um, it did uh, we've got some young guys that are trying to figure out what they have to do and they didn't figure it out very well tonight so we got a lesson questions questions right here in the back on the right in the middle on the right yeah, I mean uh, Joe certainly wasn't your only problem today Jim but but can you can you just talk about Joe's uh, he's the, just not the playing last... well and he's not really stepping up to do other things besides shooting. He's not doing the other things, so that's a problem. Do, do you, I mean, do you worry about his confidence at this point? You know, he's a senior. <laughs> if he has no confidence now, then he shouldn't be playing. Judah got the driving lanes he needs to get and didn't finish. And, you know, he's, he's important to us. If he's going to do that, uh, Three for sixteen. He's, that's we're struggling offense, but it was a offensive struggle. And you know, Benny's a good kid. He got frustrated and he played terribly. And it was nothing to do with any calls or anything. And you can't lose your temper at the end. Like that's just childish and immature. And you know, he's a sophomore. You can't do that. Uh, it's unfortunate that he would do that because he's really not. He's really a quiet kid. Doesn't do much. But it's frustration. You know, he couldn't play the other night. He was sick and couldn't get anything tonight going, and uh, he got frustrated. But you need to understand you that's no excuse. All right, Joe, so start at the top here. Defensively, it looked pretty decent in the first half. I was actually really surprised by that. A lot of missed shots by both teams to start the game. Syracuse was keeping up. They actually looked pretty decent. They quieted the crowd a couple of times with some, with some, you know, um, answers at the other end when when things did start to heat up. However, in the second half, um, it was going to go one of two ways, and you know we kind of saw pretty quick which one of those two ways it was going to end up being. So with that said, there was a lot of young guys on the court, um, a, a lot of the game. When you factor in some of the Jesse Edwards. 
um, intermittent foul issues and that he's still battling and, and Joe being as flat as that presser. Uh, there's obviously a grace period, I think, for a team this young, but it's tough to watch, man. And it was a struggle. And especially when the leaders of the team aren't on the court to do the actual leading and they're watching from the bench, it's just it's just tough. But to just put into perspective, I think, you know, just perusing some of the fan feedback, I think it's fair to say if I'm going to look at something as a silver lining, it's the first half defense in, you know, it broke down, but it broke down out of immaturity and frustration and just kind of almost an implosion. And it, it has a lot to do with experience. But when you look at Illinois, ranked 16th, I mean, this is a, obviously a tournament team. It's a quad one game. Um, just to put it into perspective, I just didn't expect much more. I was pretty pleasantly surprised in the first half, Joe, but I didn't expect them to go out and shock the world and, and, and pull off a win here. But hard to watch. Nonetheless, and, and, and where criticism is is garnered should be, and, and we'll talk about that. But, I mean, just your overall thoughts uh, on, on Coach's opening statement as, as far as the game flow went. Uh, I mean, yeah, the game flow, we held them to percentages way below yeah, way, what, yeah. what they've been shooting. Even for, the, rest, even for the, the game as a whole. Yeah, even for the yeah, even for yeah. the game as a whole, it was just way too many turnovers. And like you said, I mean, you start trying to – go out there and make seven point shots. You know, I mean, it just, it doesn't work like that. You know, you gotta, you have to gradually, you know, it's a grind when you get down that, that bad. And you can even say really halfway through the second half. I mean, it was 23. It was, was, there was eight minutes left when it started to be down seven. Right. And then like, it was all of a sudden 30, 38 for the longest time. Yeah. And you know, then it got to what 41, 33 or something like that. So it was still down eight, but then all of a sudden it was, it was all of a sudden 18 at one point. I just remember all of a sudden it was 60 to 37 or 39 or something. And you're like, Whoa, like what just happened? And there was just a lot of bad shots, turnovers. Um, and, I mean, it's just it's no, inexplicable. The, the, I mean, it's just yeah. our offense in, in our rotation, you know, it's almost like our coaches don't even know what to do because they're looking for answers. They're giving people opportunities, and albeit maybe a couple minutes here or there, and some people might think that they need more minutes, but uh, it's obvious to me that they don't really know where their scoring is going to come from every single game, and they don't know what rotation to do without killing your defense. Um, and realistically, too, I mean, they got to find a, a different way to get the ball to Jesse because I really don't think – I think his best his best trait – well, trait is, as far as offensively, is getting rebounds and putbacks around the rim and catching alley-oops. I mean, I don't know if our if the solution here is to try to post him up because, I mean, uh, to, be, to be honest with you, these big guys are still stronger than him, and they're keeping him out of spaces, right? So – um, he's not the greatest of I'm going to catch the ball to with the back to the basket and make a move and get to a position to score. Uh, you see that he struggled at that a lot. So yeah, we Jesse, we got to find different ways. Jesse doing a fantastic job on the boards again, 17 yep. uh, and in nine points, uh, obviously fouled out of the game, 32 minutes and um, just again, he's got to learn. To either save him up towards towards he uh, did he he did a little bit but again um, 
I didn't think the officiating was bad, but it's just like no one's perfect. Mm, I don't think it was consistent. No, no one's perfect, and that's that's what I'm saying. It's just I just I don't even know. Sometimes when I watch a game, I'm just like I don't know what's what. Um, I just think, you know, you're yeah, getting, I think you're calling the same more. thing down. Yes, you're you're calling the same thing down at one end that you totally missed, like the sequence before. It, it, it's so frustrating to watch. And what do you do? Blame the refs? You can't blame the refs. They'd have never won this game regardless. But uh, with that said, man, it's got to be it's got to be a clean like the officiating just in general. It's got to be cleaned up. Like I said, no one's perfect. We're always going to be able to bitch about <laughs> officiating, but oh, yeah. I just feel like it's gotten progressively worse the past few years and yeah i, I and just, we don't even just know how i feel i could be totally wrong that's just how it feels but, to me but so. we went nine to 17 from the free throw line so realistically getting fouled yeah. more who knows you know again it's not what it was i mean i think the difference was you look at the tur- 17 turnovers to seven turnovers right i mean we had seven yeah. more fouls than them but i mean you just you look at the turnovers and i i don't know the points of well benny with an extra one we'll get to that but yeah, and um, I don't know what the deal was with points off turnovers and second chance points. I mean, I think we allowed 17 offensive rebounds too. I mean, that's something that I mean we had 14 ourselves, but yeah. we can't we can't allow another team to get 17 offensive rebounds. We I, with, I see 12 for us, 17 for them. Yeah, so I mean, seven 17 re- offensive rebounds and 17 turnovers is way too many opportunities and extra possessions for a team that is supposed to be better than you. I mean, they took 13 more shots than us. So, yeah. But, you know, obviously the the defensive Illinois factor and all this uh, Absolutely. The, the, the way they play and just just our well, offense. The not, announcer said it too, right? That this coach was going this coach this new coach for Illinois has gone towards more of a defensive base, you know, team and um that's really what they they work on and you could see it the way that they switched and everything like that. I mean, come on, they're big man, they're Technically, there's the guy that tipped the ball with Jesse Edwards got a double double or triple double. Sorry. Triple double, yeah, yeah. Hollins or Hawkins, Hawkins, Hawkins. Um, yeah. Well, with that said, um, that kind of leads us into the Joe G three situation or conversation. An absolute no show last night. He's only he only got up three shots. Uh, he never got to the line. Uh, he, he even he even didn't take some shots. I feel like he should have. Um, and, and you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. So he missed opportunities, in my opinion, to get into at least attempt to get into some kind of rhythm. And uh, just if he's not out there doing any, we can couple these things together. If he's not out there doing anything, Judah Mintz is going to continue to make the mistakes that we saw him making last night because he all of a sudden, as a freshman, feels like he's got to do too much. He's out there. How many turnovers do he have? He's only got four, four, according to my box score, but I felt like way more than that. Um, he was playing too fast for his feet at one point, a couple times maybe. Uh, you know, nine points he tied with Jesse Edwards for uh, team high. Three for 16, as you heard Joe, uh, Joe, coach mention. And by the way, something I thought that was fascinating is 10 field goals for the team. Um, two, or excuse me, 15, which is... That's not great. That's not only not great, but yeah. They didn't even have a double digit so, score. I know. So Mint's out there making too many mistakes because I think that he's just, uh, you know, to some Turned degree, he probably much. felt like he's left high and dry because Joe's not even doing the things that he should have tried to do. And when I think that was Donna DeToto, she's asking about confidence in Joe and coach gives the answer he gives. Well, guess what? I question that too. You watch that game. How could you not question his confidence in himself because of the lack of 
attempts that he made to get us back in that game or get some kind of rhythm. So, you know, we can't be made to feel silly or, and for asking those questions or thinking those things, just because he's a senior, this is not something new with Joe. We've talked no. about Joe's confidence for four years. Yeah, so, well, and his and, and, and the fact that he's, he's inconsistent, his inconsistency. We've seen games like these, not this one. No, but, not this I one. I mean, because that's what concerns me more than anything. That and that's why yes. it makes me it makes me feel more than anything, especially listening to Beheim that there's something else going on. And, and again. I don't want to. I don't want to hate on kids because these kids, you know, they're going to school. They're practicing. I mean, Absolutely they basically not. have full time right. jobs. They yeah. got stuff sometimes going on. Personal matters, family matters, girlfriends. Um, maybe he was sick. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you don't see a he situation. He only played twenty where, minutes. So he only played twenty minutes. Yeah, and he was passing up shots that he would normally take. So um, even if he was missing. So <laughs> right at the end. At the end of the day, yesterday's game doesn't make any sense. We've seen. We've seen games where, you know, I mean, we haven't seen, obviously, his career high against Richmond, but we've seen games where he's gone off and he's been hot. And then we've seen the next couple games where he doesn't hit too much. And, I mean, that's just Ben Joe Girard. I mean, he was a three-star recruit that was not even in the top 200. And um, he just scored a lot of points in high school. Scored a lot of points in public school. You know, it would have been interesting to see where he would have landed if he would have ended up going to private school or you know, academic one of the big, exactly one yeah. of those bigger schools, right? IMG, something like that, and seeing. But um, yeah, it's it's all about just obviously expectations, and we've known Joe to go up and down. I think the more concerning thing is why did he only play twenty minutes? Why did he only take three shots? Um, and what's going on? Well, the and three shots not, is a choice. The, the three shots is a choice, and you can play for twenty minutes and take. 15 it shots is. easily. So, um, and, and so that's a choice. And he passed up some obvious ones where I even was dumbfounded, like, dude, just take the effing shot. Um, yeah, but that's also in a situation where we needed points. No one else was hitting anything. And, you know, well, I mean, that's where, the, that's, the where case, the, that's where he, I question confidence, though, Joe. That's where I question confidence. If it is the confidence thing after, after this long, you know, after you get to your fourth year and you're just going to just drain all your confidence, um, and that's not a good sign. And I think that we'll be seeing a lot more Samir Torrance with Judah Mintz playing the uh, shooting guard. Yeah, I'm not Problem sure. Is what... We're not going to have great three-point shooters other than if Taylor or Bell's out there. Taylor's going to come into his own. Oh, Which absolutely. He, he will. Um, it, it, just back to Judah quickly. I mean, he's young. Uh, he's got a lot to learn. It's, it's not easy to watch the growing pains of it all. And I just think that... Um, eventually, you know, he's not a one-year player. I, I heard, um, was that Greenberg, by the way? Who, Judah Mintz? Yeah. Was he, was he talking about Judah Mintz being uh, There's been in mock drafts and stuff? I don't, people saying that yeah. he might be one and done. I mean, it all depends, uh, I, I just I mean, don't, I just, right now, I mean, I don't think I even would. I mean, uh, if he's going to, uh, the last two games, No. But the first cup, the first four or five, I mean, he's, I mean, he was a true freshman scoring at least 16 points in every single game. Yeah, he's a leading scorer on the team right now, Bryant. statistically. So, and he smacked somebody against Bryant, got kicked out of the game, and then he had a game here where you could tell he was frustrated and pissed off, and he was trying to be Superman. And you can't, you can't do that. So, speaking of frustrated and pissed off and uh, inconsistent officiating, Benny gets fouled. Gets extremely pissed off about it because nothing's going in. The crowd's extremely loud. And he voices frustrations. You see the tail end of it or a little bit. 
and then they don't show anything else. But he was double teched, and uh, he gets six fouls in a game. And I think that's it, not for anything. We can at least laugh at that, right? No, nah, so, he would have fallen uh, out of an NBA game. <laughs> so, uh, you know, someone who we've mentioned last year, especially how kind of quiet and, and humble he is. And, you know, you just don't see that from him, which just goes to show, like, you can't let things unravel. And, and we can laugh about it, but you've got to be able to keep the guys like Benny, like, in a tight ball. They can't unravel and, and or else all hell is going to break loose. And then what? So yeah. on the coaching end of things, I get, you know, the frustration of the players and stuff. But on the coaching end of things, there needs to be a, you know, like Coach Babers would say, it needs to be a kumbaya. Okay. Oh yeah. And and they need to get on the same page with some of this stuff. When you look at the last two games and the frustration these young guys have been expressing while they're losing or in tough games, um, there has to be a kumbaya. They've got to the coaches got to figure that out going forward because you know we're hitting Notre Dame and we got some we got some cupcakes coming up, but it's not possibly. too much possibly, but not too much longer. We're in full fledged ACC play. And it's not going to be a walk in the park and not even close. So right. if they don't get these kids in the right mindset quick, then, you know, you think this is frustrating to watch. Wait till they play a conference play. And, you know, when things are a little bit more heated, like Notre Dame games, we're playing Notre yeah. Dame get next. Yeah. Notre Dame games the past few years have been hot and, and heated. Um, yep. So, you know, it'd be best to... Bring that level down. No, I don't think they have coming that. into this game. I don't think they have. Well, Prentice Hub is gone. They, and then, yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. I think a lot of last night was an experience, right? A lot of Bryant was an experience, but because of the talent level, you know, we stuck in there. We fought through adversity, and Justin Taylor had a game, and and we were, put us in a position to have a chance to win that game um, against Illinois. <laughs> then you can't play like that, and then you can't let it affect you like that and i think that this game more than anything is just going to be last two games really it's is huge 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 just learning opportunities yeah. and just younger kids understanding how to f- basically navigate games like this because in college basketball you are going to have games like this where you're just not hitting or you're playing against a team that's has stifling defense and you're getting frustrated and you can't put the ball in the basket and it doesn't seem like anything's working and you got to be able to still fight through that and you know I don't think that Syracuse fans would have been that upset if we would if we would have lost but it would have been competitive um, and that's really the thing is you need to no matter what and how the game's going keep your composure so that you can keep that game close to have a chance at the end and I mean I walked away from my TV with four minutes to go. It was just, I haven't done that in such a long time. I know. I know. I wanted to. I was in bed, and I was, free, I was, I was pretty pissed off. But you've got to know a couple things, and that's this for the young guys. If you touch an opponent's face, you're, getting, you're, you're gone. Gone. Absolutely. If, if you chirp at refs, you're going to get teed up. If you chirp at refs twice, you're going to get teed up twice. They're not going to listen to you. And uh, that's Coach's job, and he's pretty damn good at it. Uh, to give him, you know, some credit there. Uh, Coach Beheim has been chirping at refs before we were born, Joe. Oh, yeah. So, so let him do his job. Uh, it's not the player's job to chirp at refs. And, you know, just if, if, if we can clean up some of, the, some of the boneheadedness of these young guys, then 
um, that's your starting point. So unfortunately, with that said, that I don't know where we. I feel like it's a little bit of a mess, and I feel like you need to do like, you know, uh, one of those it Lombardi is. talks. It just seems like, like some of those guys seem over, over, like overwhelmed sometimes. You know, um, yeah. a lot of standing around on offense, and you know, Judah Mintz. I mean, you're not. Well, you got a couple. You got you got you got senior or you got leadership on the team that's not leading. Right. And that's why I mentioned that earlier. I mean, what do you do when you're when you're when you're when your quote unquote leader isn't leading? You what do you do? You know, I watched Joe Girard a lot last find night because of how leader. awful he was playing. And yeah, find another leader. But we're far, we're far away from that. That's that's a, that's, uh, right. that's the problem. I mean, I get it. So right. I get it. Anyway, I watched Joe last night. His body maybe he was sick. His body language wasn't good. Just when he didn't have the ball and and, and things. And how many turnovers did Joe have? He's only credited with one. one turnover. I find that hard to believe. He barely but, touched the ball. I know, but I thought I saw more than one. Anyway, all right. Yeah. We're going to do fan feedback after we talk about Notre Dame. So uh, quickly switching gears here. Uh, that one's in the mirror, and that was a tough one. And that was a good mm-hmm. That was a good indicator of where this team is at for everybody, for fans, for coaches, and for the players themselves. So... Uh, look, you can't get it back, so we move on. Notre Dame, okay? The all-time series between Notre Dame and Syracuse sits at 31 and 23 in favor of the Orange. Uh, this uh, Syracuse and Notre Dame first met in 1914 with the Orange men winning that one, 50 to 14. Notre Dame joined the Big East for the 95-96 season and moved to the ACC with Syracuse and Pitt for the 2013 and 14 season. So we're approaching, according to OrangeHoops.org, we're approaching 30 years of of playing each other every year, uh, and you know that's the that's the rivalry. I think Pitt and Notre Dame; those are great rivalries. We've talked about them in the past couple of years, Joe, uh, being being the ones that we kind of look forward to for that. So the last time these two teams met. Uh, there was a 79-69 win for the Fighting Irish. Gerard, ba- Buddy Bayheim, Anselm Swider, and Jimmy Bayheim. you're starting five. Jimmy with 27 points and Buddy with 20 points. So right now, Notre Dame sits at 5-1 and one in favor of... Oh, what? What? What are you throwing your hands up for? Not nothing to do with you. Okay, All right. Notre Dame sits at 5-1 and one right now uh, with not a not-so-impressive slate. Joe, you can get into that. So fifth year senior uh, Nate Lajewski, he's leading the Fighting Irish, uh, averaging points per game with 18, blocks with one, and rebounds with nine. So, Joe, a couple of fifth year seniors, including Dane Goodwin and the aforementioned Lajewski, uh, and a talented freshman, J.J. Starling, you'll remember. Uh, we talked about him from Baldensville. He was recruited by Syracuse. Yep. And uh, they make up the bulk of the offense of this team. So... Uh, with that said, Joe, that's a tough one to lose too because I was looking at his stats. He's um, a tremendous player. So yeah. Uh, yes. Anyways, with that said, what else can you tell us? Starting with, I think this, the the schedule. They're, what they're they're slated games so far. They've played six games, and it's just not that impressive. Right. You can argue that we'd have at least five and one record, if not better, if we had this schedule, but. I mean, Radford, Youngstown State. Southern Look at the discrepancy Indiana. too. Radford by they won't beat Radford no, by Radford three. No, Radford by three. Youngstown State by seven. Southern Indiana by twelve. Which I didn't even know they had a team. Lipscomb by one, and Bowling Green by sixteen. Um, and then they just lost to St. Bonaventure by twelve. Um, 
by 12 on a neutral court. All those other previous games were at home, which is where we're playing them anyway. So, um, so it's they're tough to really gauge on who who they are as a team. But when you look at their roster and you look at the minutes um, played, even with the teams that they played against, they only have six players that average over. 10 minutes well they have six players that average over 19 minutes then they don't have another player that averages over two so they really only go six deep uh, and i think right there you start at that weakness uh, but at the same time you have you know six five guard trey words uh six five guard cormac ryan both six, three six three guard. year guys right three years so th- they're all seniors okay they're all seniors dane goodwin's one's a senior. of transfer when nate lejewski who nate lejewski words he's a transfer right from somewhere, I think it's his fifth year in college, but his oh, it's third. his fifth year, but I think he's a transfer from uh, South Carolina. Is that South Carolina? Santa Clara. Sorry, it said SC, so I didn't know. But um, yeah, he's a fifth year senior as well. So I mean, you have four seniors, and then you have JJ Starling, who we know about, and then they have Van Allen Lubin, who is a six eight, two hundred and twenty six pound freshman from Orlando, and the guy looks like a beast. Um, <laughs> Not in a bad way. I mean, like right. physically, he right. is yeah, he's ready brick, to play. He's, he's a brick so, shit house. Yeah. So um, realistically, that's what really what you're lo- you're looking for. Um, you know, they've only had those six guys are the only guys that have played in all six games. So that's the rotation. So um, you talk about foul trouble. You have those type of issues that you can deal with um, if there's a possible injury or um, illness, which I'm not gonna you know wish on anybody. But those type of things are gonna matter when you only have six deep, right? Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's really what we're looking at. They got five guys that score in double digits, and um, what their tallest guy is Nate Lajewski. He was six ten, and I mean, so they don't really have a legit center because he's he does not, he doesn't really play down low. Um, he's more of a perimeter player. So realistically, I really don't even know what to expect, but I can't wait to see the matchup of JJ Starling and Judah Mitz. Two freshman point guards going at each other. Um, yeah, and it's the you Dior. Know, you know JJ. You know JJ's going to want to show out against Syracuse. Yeah. You know that. Yeah, I know. It's not like we didn't offer him though. Damn it. Uh, oh, but, I know. But by, still, by that's, the, that's that's the mentality. You know, yeah. and it's not just that. Oh, what the sucks kid's is probably been. Go on, go on. Probably he's just probably been growing up in the area all you know his whole life, and who knows if he's even a Syracuse fan, right? Either are you aren't. You either love yeah, him I mean, or hate those him. Those are your only two options, Sean. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, thanks you either your... love him or hate him. There's no, there's no in between. There's no, thanks, thanks there's for no lukewarm. There. There's no lukewarm Syracuse fans, is what I meant. You Joe. either like him or you don't. No uh, crap. I, I, they play tonight. By the time most of you hear us talking, uh, this game will have been over against number twenty Michigan State, and so uh, look. That should for, tell us a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, it's, you know, b- by the way, if you didn't know that was on and it's still a day late, go watch the condensed game on YouTube just to get an idea. You can see Notre Dame. I haven't seen Notre Dame this year. So I haven't either. So, you know, with that said, I know they got I'll be four checking players it out. that know how to play against our zone. So, right. So, okay, Joe, this is the first ACC game of the year. Okay. So, yep. we are going to do our picks quickly. All right. Now, mm. uh, you well, you won the last you won the last football game, so the ball's in your court. I won. The, does that mean I won? Or you won you the tip. Me? You won the tip. You got to take it. Oh God. Okay. So I've got mine written down already. 
Um, no, I'm saying, did you beat me over on football season? No, we're tied. It's six and six, and we've got to. That's right. I don't think we talked about it. Oh, six and six. We got game. the bowl games. The the tiebreaker. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess I will. I will start. That's um, what I was telling you. Yep. Yeah. So this is going to be. I know that it's still kind of a small sample size because you know you're talking about most teams who have played what six to nine games or something like that, but. We go back to Ken Palm, since we, you know, that's how we start, you know, when we get to the ACC and everything like that. And, you know, Ken Palm's got Notre Dame 77th and Syracuse 80th. Um, and really the one the one thing that sticks out, um, you know, adjusted offense for, uh, for Syracuse is 72nd, defense is 99. So mm-hmm. it's good to see our defense in the top 100 again. Um, especially with some of the players or teams that we've played against. But I see Notre Dame. Notre Dame has got an adjusted offense of 29th and then an adjusted defense of 168. And having an adjusted defense of 168 after playing the teams that they played. That's terrible. That's pretty bad. So this, And I'm not I impressed think, by the offense either, by the way. I mean, well, it's, a good, it's a good place to be, but it, look who they played. But again, 29th would who they played right, right so right. yeah and they got seniors and stuff like that i mean i am concerned at the fact they got four guys that know three, how to play three five-year seniors well they got three five-year seniors but they have four seniors oh, he okay. might not be well, his fifth year right, but okay. he's still a senior fair um so realistically um those 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 numbers are skewed but you'd think that the defense would be way better so um honestly i think that we got a good matchup i think jesse edwards has got a good matchup i don't know if anyone's going to be able to guard him um they're not deep and if you know they get one one or two pe- people in foul trouble, I don't know where they go to to the bench or anything like that. So I'm definitely going to tune in tonight and get a little bit more of a, a look see on what Notre Dame does. But it looks to me like they're just they're not deep, and I think they have some some issues with their with their height. And I don't know if they're going to be able to. I mean, if Jesse Edwards stays out of foul trouble, I think that we can we can come back. You know that the coaches are going to make they're not going to let these guys come out and play the way that they did. Um, if Joe's going to play that way, then like what Greenberg said at halftime last, last night, well, Hey, if he's going to play like this, you got to take him out. Have to sit. And you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you got to do it. You might not want to do it. And it's tough because Joe can go off at any point. Right. Um, yeah, but you but, can't wait 30 minutes for it. <laughs> right. Not when you're losing by 17. Yeah, so, yeah. um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that we actually get back in the W column. Um, and again, this just might be the positive orange Homer in me. Okay. But I'm going to say that we, I'm going to say Syracuse 72, Notre Dame 67. Okay. All right. 72, 67. Okay. Just so you know, I do too have them as a win, even though Ken Palm's got a 67, 64 loss here. And, uh, like you said, man, you brought up some good points, so you, you swayed me a little bit, and I actually tightened my score up, but I was swayed nonetheless. M- made some good points as far as the depth, and also I did not know about their adjusted defense, um, so those are those numbers aren't that impressive at all. And I guess for my I mean, 20... Radford scored 76 points against them. They only so, beat Radford I mean. by three, so that tells you right there, like, come on. Uh, so... With that said, I should, number one, utilize my $20 subscription more and look at some of these numbers once in a while. And two, <laughs> and two, I think Syracuse wins too. 
I think it's close. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be another nail biter, bro. Uh, it's gonna be a noon game. It is an away game, so it's kind of a it's kind of a toss up as far as the W goes. But I feel like it's gonna be a tight game regardless. I don't know if Joe shows out, but I think necessary thing you know necessary steps will be taken to make sure we either get him going or get someone else going. Like there can't be any experimentation or wait to seize. So it's got to play more six, like a team. Yeah, they do. They're just not doing that, and uh, they have. We've seen a little bit of it. We've seen flashes of it against lesser opponents. But this frustration gets the best of us. This non-conference schedule has not been easy either for Syracuse. It's been a tough one. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, it's not like it used to be for Syracuse getting all these cupcakes. And when their when their experience and their their athleticism and things were even higher, they had less opponents. So it's just drawn. You know, it's just. The the worst of both. So I got sixty six sixty four Syracuse for the first for, for the first ACC game of the season. So yeah, that's all I got. So, so how are we grading this? We can't we're, do we're gonna, total points. We're, we're going to do your way, the, the way we talked about before, which I forget, but it made sense when you said it. <laughs> which is what? Tell everybody real quick. Because tell oh, tell everybody that doesn't know you forgot. <laughs> I mean, it's acceptable for me to forget it because you were talking. So it's like, uh, Joe's talking. Oh, yeah, it sounds great. Okay. Makes sense. Great. No, I think and that what it was, what we talked about was the, the difference, right? A difference in each team is still the difference of adding, by the way. No, the difference of, so I have Syracuse winning by five. Oh, I got you. So I'm winning they, by two. If they okay. win by three, then... I'm two. I'm two points away. You're one point away. So right. you'd win. I got you. Okay. All right. So okay. The discrepancy in the in the amount of winner loss. We got to figure out something. Yeah, we got to figure out something better than adding up the points and shooting from the hip. So, anyways, yeah. we will. But those are the scores. And uh, you know, it wasn't great. I paroused the fan feedback a little bit. Um, and I guess we'll just have to suffer through it. So it's time to hear from you. To hear from you, the loud mouths from the loud house. There he is. All right, you guys know what to do at the end of every show. I thought I gave Joe plenty of time. At the end of every show, we ask for, at the end of every game, see what you do, Joe? I've done that before, screwing around with you. At the end of every game, we ask for your thoughts on that game. And then you leave them. Then we talk about them here. Okay, so with that said, let's start on Twitter. Okay, and at Cuse1987 says, Joe Girard benefited from Buddy more than we will ever admit. Now, Joe, this, this was the most, this was the best point I saw that I could remember as far as just making a simple point. Now, look. We, I was an advocate for Buddy coming back. If Buddy comes back, and even if Joe's got a play point or he switches on and off with Buddy, this is this team's dynamic totally changes. And when you, I mean, it goes without saying, right? No, right? Okay, but I mean, I don't know if if 
we really thought about because if you go back to last year and when we were talking about Buddy and, and, and the way things ended, you know, for Buddy just on a, a legacy front, right? Like, man, you would love to have a year to come back and change, rewrite that history. But he left anyway. And there was a lot of people saying, look, I'm done with the Bayheims. I don't want to have to see another Bayheim on the court. I want fresh blood. Well, guess what? Be careful for what you wish for. Because you got a lot of fr- fr- uh, fresh, I'll get it out, fresh blood out there, and this is what it looks like. So, uh, you know, I was an advocate for Buddy coming back, and I think Dan makes a, a great point here in, in saying, you know, look, I, I don't think you realize, or some people don't realize, what kind of benefit Buddy was to this team when he was out there, because... When you look at Joe, if he doesn't just get going, like who else is there? You know, we always had Buddy to do that, or or Joe to do it for Buddy, or or whatever, you know. Or but yeah. now, now what? Now what? As far as the backcourt goes, now what? We're, now yeah, everything's that's... in development, so we don't know. It's a, it's still as as Coach Babers would say, the cake's still baking. And hell, it might be in the bowl still. It might still be getting mixed up. I mean, really, we're still looking for ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's a situation where we had so many three point shots that went up and different players that could shoot threes last year. When you look at Jimmy and Buddy and Cole and Joe and everything like that, that it was hard for teams to really nail down. Hey, who do we got to really guard to take away the three? And if they took Buddy away or tried to, then, you know, other people, you know, like Joe, they it helped them. Now you have a situation where you have the other teams that are like, look, you take just guard Joe. Don't let him shoot any threes, and then that makes them one-dimensional. Or you're forcing guys that shouldn't be taking threes or that many of them to shoot threes, like Benny last night, even though he made his first one. You know, but you got the Bennies and the Samir. I mean, yeah, Chris Bell can shoot. Justin Taylor can shoot threes, but you take those two and Joe off the the, the, the plate, and who else is there? I mean, they talked about Judah Mintz being able to shoot threes coming in, but obviously his shot's not there yet, so... Um, yeah, I mean, it's a situation where you take him off the three-point line and don't let him get his shots, and you make Syracuse completely one-dimensional, and you take the three-point shot and somebody who can go off. Obviously, Richmond didn't get the memo, but, you know, Bryant did, and so did um, so did Illinois last night. So, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's something to think about, and, you know, you look back on it in, in retrospect, you think, and Buddy – could have benefited from another year of college basketball. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be the same thing if you, you know, old school back in the day when they actually like had offensive centers and been and, in and power fours and stuff like that, that didn't play out of the three point line. Um, you know, if you were the only big man, like we have Jesse, then it's easy for somebody to slump back away from uh, Benny Williams or a Malik Brown and double team him and force turnovers. Like you saw last night. Um, but if you have a power forward, they can actually, do the same thing and has offensive skills like the center down low, then those two big men help each other and the defense can't leave their guy to go help the other guy. So people with certain attributes on the offensive end, they, they help each other out when you have multiples, but when you're the only one and you're the only one getting targeted and that's really where we are is we have Jesse and we have Joe and defenses are looking at us like he's the only one that consistently shoot threes, take him away from the three point line. He's the only one that can score down low. So Keep him away from the basket. Use your 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 strength to kind of keep him away from the basket and out of position. And um, if we need to double, some the closest guy is going to come off and, and make it hard for him. 
So uh, that's where we're at offensively. So now we need all the other pieces to figure out what their roles are and what they're going to do so that it helps everybody else. But if those guys don't develop and they don't figure it out, then Jesse's going to get doubled all year, and you're going to see games like last last night with frustration with him and the ball around the basket. And Joe's just going to be face guarded by the other team's best defending guard and gonna stifle get trash him. shots. Yeah, it's going to stifle him. It's going to, and he's not going to be able to do anything. By the way, that comment from Accuse nineteen eighty seven on Twitter. Dan, he is the host of the SU Lax podcast. You can check him out, especially coming up here because you know he's probably doing that thing before spring. At no Blanchard 44, it's just really sad to see Beheim's legacy go down the toilet like this. Now, you know, look, it was it, this, it, it was a little bit of an over-exaggeration, Noah. And look, I will say that aesthetically, it was just really hard to watch. Joe, you, you, you said you walked away from your TV four minutes left, right? So I barely ever do that. It's, so. it's aesthetically, it was really bad. And um, really bad. So it was a freaking mess. And it's so frustrating to force my eyes open. You ever seen that meme where the dude's forcing that woman's eyes open or that whatever the hell it is? You know what I'm talking about? That's what I felt like. I'm like, oh, I got to do a show tomorrow, so I might as well watch it to the end and watch Benny get teed up twice. And, uh, you know, it did not benefit me uh, at all. So hmm. uh, I just watched a slaughter. So... Uh, but, you get to but see Noah, the team's big man get a triple-double. That's That was tough. That was hard to watch. But, uh, but with that, it wasn't even blocks. Yeah, I know. But with that said, Noah, I think uh, Illinois is a tremendous team, and you can't, you can't really – you can't take a whole lot of negatives out of this game other than just obviously there's a ton of work to do. But I didn't expect to come into this game and make anybody like make big surprises and put people's jaws on the court. It's not it's not what I expected. So with that No, dude. It was like a twelve what, twelve point, twelve and a half point in Vegas line. I, have I think no it got idea, down to Joe. like ten and a half at one point or whatever. But I honestly going into yesterday I I realistically thought getting everybody back that we were going to keep it single digits and that we were going to be able to at least keep ourselves in a, in a situation to to be able to strike at the end if it was a you know if if you know stuff happens when you get down under four minutes and you got down seven eight you can still win that game but i mean it was pretty obvious you know at the four minute mark that we were not gonna win that game uh yeah i would say so uh let's see at keller zero one zero three joe absent again tough team tough environment tough environment did we not talk about that though Right, Joe? We mentioned that. Yeah, it was a tough environment. A very tough environment. Those fans did a tremendous job. If you really want to give hats off to someone, you got to give it off to the fans. They're extremely loud. That's what was frustrating yeah. towards the end of Did you game. notice what they were doing with the free throws? Um, I heard a lot of noise, but I didn't really Oh, yeah. T- but it was one of those things where like, it was like quiet or not as loud in the first oh. free throw, but... Yeah, but yeah, if you yeah, missed yeah. the first free throw, then they were going crazy for the second one, and for a, a Three times in a row, I think we missed the first one and then made the second one. The quiet of the crowd. So the preceding plays w- with Benny getting the tech, two techs, where th- a couple of those missed shots, that place was tremendously loud. And I can't imagine how frustrating uh, that, that could have been. Uh, he goes on. 
We're lucky they didn't knock down more threes on us. Coach should have taken this team on a Canada or your tour to get more reps in with this squad onto Notre Dame. I mean, we've seen that in the past. And, I mean, Jesse played throughout the, throughout the summer and stuff, and I don't know what a lot of the other guys did, but, yeah. I don't know what all the rules and all that stuff is. I feel like COVID kind of killed all that in but so many countries. It, but I think we did it last year, Joe. Did, did we, we not? Was it last year or the year before? I thought it was during during the COVID situation. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. You don't think so? I think so? it was the year before COVID. Oh, well, dip me in mustard and call me a hot dog, Joe. I don't know. More, I, I prefer ketchup. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. I forgot. <laughs> Damn, I could have set myself up for that. Uh, could have. Okay. Failure. Damn it. That's okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. At BBQs, unacceptable. Looked like a pickup game gone bad. I do actually think the talent is there, but can they put it together in the time to salvage the season? Um, yes, I thought, like we mentioned on the front end with the, with the defense, I thought held strong, but you heard Greenberg. I mean, he said, you know, that this defense is, is not going to last. Uh, it's just going to get worn down. Coach mentioned it after the game and it's apparent that, you know, unless you get some scoring in there and some momentum, it's just not going to be, uh, it's not going to be pretty. So yeah. I well, know. I mean, especially when it comes to young guys, too. It's not easy to play defense all the way through 30 seconds and then, you know, Samir Torrance follows somebody with one second to go or you give up 17 offensive rebounds. So it's very frustrating to sit there and play defense for that long. And then they still just end up getting another chance and running down 20 something more seconds, getting a better shot. So. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that, but that stuff can just be demoralizing, and I just think that younger players have a, have a bigger problem um, dealing with that kind of stuff. So, you know, stuff's got to slow down, and, and definitely for Judah, stuff's got to slow down. He was out there, you know, driving like it was like park ball against players that just weren't his caliber. Like, he was just trying way, way too hard. There's a um, lot of dribbling into traffic and just uh, just elementary things that you just don't do at this you level. Can't get a, exactly. You can get away with it in high school, not here. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take another one from Twitter here, and um, you know, there's a lot of this. Uh, at let's just call him Evan. Evan on Twitter. You can see it if you're watching on YouTube. Okay. Uh, JG3 has scored nine points over the last three games. Yes, it's that's very bad. Uh, Benny is horrible. Illinois attempted 35 more baskets than us. Jim Beheim needs to retire. So glad he's going to give the next head coach a dumpster fire. So, Joe, let's, let me mm. play devil's advocate for you here. And when you look at this team and you see what they've done so far this season, sitting at four and three, uh, not a great start. We're not used to this. Starting three and four. Yes, three and four. Sorry, Th- uh, sitting at three and four. Not used to this. Not great. And uh, so sure we are. Y- you know, we <laughs> well, we're it's getting there, but you know, under five hundred last year, right? But what I mean, this sentiment doesn't go away unless there's tremendous wins. In fact, the people who really don't like Jim Beheim at all will always continue to root for him to be gone anyway. So, um. With that said, I feel like it's not even an argument that I want to have anymore, and I'm going to probably not be mentioning too many more of these comments on the uh, on the 
show because it's just redundant, but it's it's early in the season, so I guess what I'm asking you, if you had to play devil's advocate to a comment like that, what would you say? How do you justify people saying at this point, like, that he just needs to retire? This is proof. You know, last year was terrible. This year looks even worse. Uh, I mean, I, I do agree with last year. I mean, they could have been way better, um, but you have six freshmen in a transfer. And we've talked about certain stuff. I mean, Joe and Jesse, they're good, but they're not like they they weren't the guys that made it happen last year, right? Jesse was hurt for a little while, and Joe was. I mean, he was he scored points. He's the point guard, but he wasn't the guy, right? Um, and I just don't know how you replace that with certain people that are on this team. So it's I I I feel like he's having a difficult time figuring out who's who because. I feel like it's like uh, a lot of players are Jekyll and Hyde from game to game, and you don't really even know who to start, you know. And um, coaches are confused. It seems like a little bit. I mean, I'm probably more frustrated than confused because they probably see stuff in practice, and then they see something that's not in the game. And right. I think that you know we're just getting to a point here where you know in the non-conference, which is usually what happens. And I don't know when and when in time of college basketball did we start just making our non-conference as difficult as it is. I mean, for some reason, I feel like we always had just easy mid-major, you know, warm-up games. You know, we'd lose the occasional Cleveland State or, you know, something like that. But, you know, it, we usually set ourselves up to be 11-2, 10-3 after the non-conference. And those type of things just aren't happening. I think part of that is is some of the competition and you know, the type of teams that we're playing um, earlier in the year, you know, I mean, there wasn't an AC, there wasn't a big East ACC, you know, whatever, every single year where now you got one of your non-conference games is a power five team. So I just think that things have changed since they got into the ACC. And I think that recruiting and everything has changed. The times have changed. Um, and I honestly think that there's just recruits out there that don't want to deal with how he coaches. Um, if you want to use that as an excuse to fire him, then that's just what it is. But I think it is really not a devil's advocate. I think that out there, I think that there's two types of fans. I think that there's a fan, there's fans that can't wait for him to go and get rid of the 2-3 zone and see something new and fresh. Well, there's, and use. there's fans that I know growing up that never liked him growing up, even when we were, you know, we started, right. you know, 15-0 and 0 or, or, or right. 20-2. and 2, You know what I'm saying? So th- that's just... But the thing, my question is this, is that are those fans the type of fans that it doesn't matter who the coach is or what defense or offense they're running as long as they win, right? Like, they'd be saying the same thing to a coach that started off 3-4. and four. If it was the next guy, they'd be saying the same thing. If it was Jerry McNamara, they'd be dogging him. Right. Like, yeah. What is just, what is the what so, is so? I mean, there's just two types of there's two types of fans, especially when it comes to Syracuse basketball, and it's literally that Jim Jim Beheim built this built this thing, and he deserves to go when he wants, and the ones that say maybe never even liked him, but say oh he's definitely too old, he definitely needs to get out of there, he's stubborn, he's not changing with the times, and you know. There's some, some truth to that. Some I mean, of that's some true. Things. Yeah, some of that's true. I mean, I understand. I understand those sentiments. I do. I do. But I mean, I a, am on the side of. I am on the side of that he's deserved to end it the way he wants. That that's more. I, I'm totally. I'm with you. Hundred percent. But I really, really wish that he would. That he would 
Oh, being a little bit more open-minded about yes because the problem is is that at the end of the day these people talk yes in the two three zone yes certain teams we play it's good and this but you know here lately i mean when he started this two three zone thing i don't think there, there wasn't even a three-point line so they just jammed it in coaches were, weren't weren't happy when they had players shoot a 30-foot shot for two points right right so Se- that's was, settling for you know right garbage. so at the end of the day, that's what it was. Let's pack it in, not let anything close, make them shoot outside shots, and even if they make it, it's only a two. Well, then the three-point line comes, okay, but there's not a lot of guys that practice it. Now, now every player's we're in Steph Curry's NBA. We're playing against college teams where they got big men that step out, and they have all five that can step out. Now, Sean, you're good at math, eh. I think. Okay, well, two-three zone, right? You know where our players are placed, right? And one of them is Jesse Edwards right in the middle, okay? Uh Yep. If you have a team that can all shoot three-pointers, then how do you guard that with a 2-3 zone without pulling out everybody and basically playing man anyway? So, I mean, it's just – it's a situation where the new basketball now, everyone wants to be Steph Curry. Everyone wants to shoot 35-foot jump shots and everybody all the way up It's evolved. It didn't used to be like that. Yeah. So again, it gets to and and they're and they're making them farther and farther out. So it doesn't matter. So now it's getting to a point where you stretch your two three zone out so far that it's easy to make cuts and passes and all that stuff in the middle. And that's when you see a six ten guy on Illinois get a triple double. So that's really where I'm at. Is that I mean the two three zone works for certain teams and in certain situations, but this whole one hundred percent two three zone thing, I don't know. I don't know if I'm on board. I don't know if I'm on board anymore, man. Yeah, but I think we saw well the one three one. I think that like last year there was a few times where that looked really good. So, you know, when that said, I mean, you got to mix it up. The two three is really a hybrid anyway. Jim Beheim's two three is a hybrid anyway. So, oh, it's it, definitely a hybrid, but it's. You move the ball around enough, and you get these smart teams. They got all these shooters. Then eventually, you're going to get an open shot. And I think that we're just seeing that. Like, I mean, it's not a surprise anymore. And when you got more guys that can shoot outside, it just spreads it all. It spreads it all, all up. Like, it's just not. It's something you got to go back and forth. You know, like Duke. Duke plays man, and then he's sprinkled in the Jim Beheim two-three zone because you know it is effective, but it's effective in spurts. As you saw last night, yeah, once it's kind of like team, a press. Yeah, once they figure it out, then it's once they figure it out, just like you saw last night. Once they figure it out, the damn just open up the floodgates, man. Yeah, especially against a good team like Illinois. Uh, Cap says, by the way, he, he, talking about exit plan for Jim Beheim, he mentioned the fact that. Hold on, I'm reading. I, I heap this been a minute now. Uh, supposedly, Jerry McNamara can't recruit now. I don't. I th- I thought he was responsible for mints, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, but uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I believe any of the rumors or even humor them. And by the way, we don't know what the exit plan is, so we don't even know if if he's in the talks. You know, hate to see him go somewhere else, but I don't know if he's head coach caliber guy. But he does run practice. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's out there coaching. He's just not. Up, up in front. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know what it looks like, but 
let's let's hit a couple more of these on uh let's go to facebook let me center this thing real quick like okay uh andy on facebook he says he says and i'll get there eventually Young talent looks exciting. Edwards playing at a high level. Gerard the opposite. Team will win some big games down the stretch. Another year of overall disappointment, though. So, look. Syracuse is that team that does win. You know, they usually pull out some kind of shocking win, right? And I guess, you know, that's what we have to look forward to maybe. But it all starts with Notre Dame this, this weekend. And then what we can do with the rest of the four games coming up before we're full-fledged ACC. There's not much time to get it together. And like he says, uh, it could be another disappointing year. And it's trending that way. It's really hard for me to sit here, uh, honestly, and be really optimistic about it. Because I don't come here to tell, and I know you don't either, Joe. We don't come here to tell people what they want to hear. We, we tell people what we think and what we believe. And I don't really ever... If I'm not, if I've got something super negative to say, I won't say it usually, but I'll keep my powder dry. But I don't look, it's trending that way. It's how it feels. You know, it, it, it sucks because here we are, you know, seven games in and we're already talking about, well, this is going to be a disappointing year. I just can't have that attitude yet because this is the same thing that we see almost every year with Syracuse, regardless of how good the team is, is, you know, slow starts and just kind of. You know, this yeah. this t- this type of thing, and with that said, uh, this is worse than normal. But I'm not there yeah. yet. I'm not there yet. But I get it. You know what I mean? Because of last yeah. year too, especially it's tough. Well, yeah, and it also goes against. I mean, Syracuse wasn't always. Yeah, you'd get the Carmelo Anthony's every once in a while, and there was a certain point in time where you know we did get better recruiting classes, right? But. I mean, we traditionally were getting recruiting classes and building our program up with juniors and seniors, you know, and then having sprinkling in some freshmen and sophomore that can help. And that's just not that's not the college landscape now. And, you know, I don't even know. I don't know if I mean, you look at last year's team and we were under 500 for the first time. Then I don't know if Bayheim's lost as many people in one year and then had to get as many new people in one year ever. This 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 many you know, this many players. I don't know if he's ever had to deal with that. So there's a lot of things that he's trying to navigate that are completely different than when he started this thing. And, you know, I mean, the fact of the matter might be is that he might have out, outgrown or, you know, just the times. And because of the situation of him not being able to, you know, be a little bit open-minded and, and, and you know, change with the times, it's making it difficult. And I think that that's why a lot of other coaches have stepped down as of late and, um, you know, that just might be the case in the fact of the matter, but I know going into this year, you know, I, after a f- under 500 team and then you bring in all these freshmen, um, I just, I we, didn't we, have any expectations. I didn't know yeah. what to think. And I was actually excited to watch these guys grow. I knew that there was going to be growing pains. Um, did I think that we were going to lose the cold game? Brian, probably not, but here we are. Brian scared me. I'm not gonna lie. They both scared me. I remained optimistic but here we are uh all right back to facebook let's do one more bobby 
Just need the freshmen to gel. We haven't played this this many freshmen in a very long time. This is the reason why, however, they play hard. They just need more minutes. And if is Joe can't get, if Joe must be can't get himself open, then play Taylor in his place. Joe, you know, look. Taylor comes out has a magnificent game. It does not make him the hero of it all yet. Okay, not buying it yet, but I do get it. And there's got to be a, a combo that will get figured out for when one of these guys, regardless of who it is, is struggling, that will be something that gels. By the way, you know, Justin Taylor last night paid, played 23 minutes and six points. So, but he did have five, re- six rebounds. So, I mean, yeah. he's out there. He, he's a player, dude. He's a player. He's going to be, oh, he's, he's going to be tremendous, I think. And yeah. um, it just depends. Like last night, I saw a lot of the combinations, and I don't know what works. You know, I really don't. I feel like Samir's struggling a little bit this year. I felt like he was more in a groove last year. And again, that could be that could come down to Buddy. You know, they 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 got to learn to play without Buddy. And I think that is something that's probably going to take a little while to get used to. So. I think that he was just the far, far and away better point guard last year. You know, well, that could so. be a, that could be a trip too. But you know, I mean, he did some things last year that changed changed the pace of games, and it just doesn't seem like because maybe he's because him and Samir and Judah are a little bit more similar than Samir and Joe were last year. Maybe that's why because he's not really changing the pace of the game because Judah's already doing that. So you know, that's already there, but. Uh, I don't know what you do to what kind of combination you could put up there, but you got to be a little bit optimistic about the fact that there are options and you know, we'll see what happens. I'm going to get Chris bell with another one rebound game. I mean, I think, (laughs) and again, you look at this and I know it's only been seven games, but you know, at some point Beheim he's going to have to, he's going to put his money where his mouth is. And he usually does. Um, I know a lot of times the things that he says in press conferences is, is for motivation, but I mean, talking about benching Bell or what? I just think it's only a matter of time before, yeah. not benching him, but it, that Justin Taylor starts over him, and then also obviously Joe, he's got to figure it out, get out of this slump, or else he's going to have to, to keep him out. Let Judah be the shooting guard and keep Torn- Torrance in, or you go big and you have you know a Bell and. Taylor, Taylor lineup or something like that. Right. Yeah, Bell's got to do better. And I don't know how, you know, again, experience. This is the problem when you. I mean, he hits some shots, right? But at the end of the day, when you play 27 minutes, you can't have, I mean, eight points. Eight points but I don't care about rebound. the points. I'm looking at I'm looking at everything else. He's got no blocks, no steals, no assists, one rebound, two turnovers in 27 minutes. You can't. He's not doing anything. Yeah, it's like the old meme. With the guy poking the stick, I mean, do something. Yeah, that's that's it. So, um, all right. Oh, he had three personal fouls. So. <laughs> yeah, he had more personal fouls than he had rebounds. So, uh, you know, at least Jesse's in there, freaking seventeen rebounds, killing it on the boards. Which is, I mean, what is Jesse averaging this year in rebounds anyway? Just real quick. Um, well, the last there? two games definitely helped him out. That's for sure. Yeah, he eleven. Is, He's averaging 11, yep. So, uh, yeah, he's averaging good. 11 and 14. Yeah, 14 he's averaging points, a double-double. That's awesome. Yep. 
and, and that's yeah. what they're going to have to do against uh, teams like Notre Dame, like you mentioned. Their tallest guy is 6'10". So, and their next tallest guy is 6'8", and their next tallest guy is 6'6", and then three guys that are like 6'5", or 6'4". So, yeah. I mean, we'll see, but they don't have a lot of... I mean, they've only played, like I said, only six players have played in all six games. Um. So, yeah. Uh, it's... Cap, we did talk bowl locations at the beginning of the show, and we talked about the fact that Syracuse opted out of the Fenway Bowl early, or tried to. They let the ACC know, hey, we don't want to be involved in the Fenway Bowl. And also, uh, yeah, Joe Joe thinks it's the Pinstripe Bowl. So it's not definitely I the do. Pinstripe Bowl, but that's what Joe thinks, and we will find out Sunday on that end. I was, I'm hoping for the Duke's Mayo Bowl, which is in Charlotte, but... I, that would that be that would be nuts. great. I mean, look, I mean that could be a possible another trip. That's, that's a five hour. That drive would be for like me, December twenty seventh. That would not 29th. be a trip I would be making. It's so. going to be the week after Christmas, so yeah. I mean, that's just where it's going to be. Whether it's pinstripe, fem, any of that stuff, twenty seventh through the thirtieth, something like that. Spent two four day weekends traveling, uh, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the next one. It'll be a three three day weekend, but. But hey, hey, let's let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just go ahead and do it, right? That's gonna be my that's gonna be my guess is that we are going to the Pinstripe Bowl against West Virginia, the Fighting Devitos. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I wanted it, and then I didn't want it, and now I'm on the fence. I don't know. I still want it. Do you? Yeah, I do. I want I want the. Um, the Syracuse defense to be able to, to do something to that guy. <laughs> Not hurt him. Not hurt him. I want to like, see, you know, look, man, this is practice. Practice. I don't want to see our defense make Tommy DeVito look like the Tommy DeVito that was at Syracuse. How about that? Fair enough. Fair but enough. I don't think it's going to happen at the same time. I mean, it could, but, I mean, Illinois, they, they finished, I think, what, fifth or something Ch- like that. Hey, the- what's up with Chase Brown? Or Ch- yeah, Chase Brown. What's up with that dude? Did he get injured for the season? Cap, Cap's, oh. like, Cap's like, he's afraid they'll run all over us. But without him, they won't. And I, last I knew, he was injured. So that's a whole um, other. That's a whole other team without him. But their defense is really good. Well, he did come back. Did he? So well, he was. He got hurt, but he played against Northwestern. So all right. Well, that stinks. And their defense is pretty good too. Not but that honestly, I want the guy hurt. Just saying, if we had to play him, I wouldn't want him to play. That's just fandom. <laughs> Easiest path. Uh, okay. Well, and then we know that that's our weakness too, right? So they probably run the hell out of the ball. He probably yeah, touched w- it without times. him. Without him, it's their defense. Their defense is good. Yeah, their defense is good too. It would definitely be a tough matchup. I mean, we might possibly even lose to him. Um, but over under Joe, how many team? How many games is the basketball team going to win? What are their thirty-one? How many games are they going to win? <laughs> what do you mean over under? You didn't even give me a number. Yeah, what's Are the you number? Just asking me. What's the number, yes. Michael? Michael's asking. What's the number, Michael? Give me a number. I mean, I haven't even looked at the schedule. Six, so. 16. Guy does a podcast, hasn't even looked at the schedule. <laughs> what a freaking clown. Um, what you've got? Look, you've got Duke away. You've got uh, NC State away. You've got. It's not about that. NC you, State's actually got, pretty good this yes, year. Yes, so they far. are pretty good. Um, Florida State away. I don't think it matters where you play Florida State at this point. 
Well, well are they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cap, Cap says under. I I I say under right now. If I had to go right now, and I have to a gun to my head, and I got to give an answer, I got to say under. And that's not being a pessimist. That's just looking at what's in front of us. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it's going to get uh, fixed because I don't know. So if I'm looking at this team, e- even if it gets a little bit better, I'm going to say under 16. So what do you say, Joe? Just give an answer. Don't think too much about it. No one's holding you to it. There's no money on it. What are you, checking Vegas? What the hell's going on? No, I'm not checking <laughs> Vegas. I'm looking at the Spotify the- green room, oh, okay, God. to see what they're talking about. What the hell's going on here? Golly. I'm going to say over. Over. Okay. All right. Fine. Go, to get- go against everybody. Uh, I, I'm with you. I would do the same thing. Um, yeah, he is. Anthony, checking I'm different books for better boy. odds. Yeah, you mentioned anything about ask this guy a question over under or any kind of betting question, and he's that's it. He's got five screens pulled up, and he's it's doing his even. he's doing his research. He's got his fan duel open and all that crap. He's ready to go. I it's why it's why it's tough. It's why I go first because I know it's going to take him five minutes to answer. So, uh, oh god, dude. First off, this is my work phone, so the uh, you know security stuff doesn't even let me get on betting websites so okay um all right that i'm just saying by the way dom you're right we are a soccer school don't don't start that crap with me saturday saturday at two playing against vermont in the elite eight of the nc ncaa championship yes something that our basketball team probably won't be in go go cues and also we're not we're not a soccer school bro stop those those jokes don't play with me. Homie, don't play that. What do you mean? Homie, don't play that. What do you mean? What are well, I mean? Then what are we? We're a, football, we're a football school. What do you mean? Cross country school? We're a football school. We're a football school? Yes. <laughs> Says who? Look at us. Me. Look, Look at, at us. Look at us what? Look at us at seven and five. Wow. First, first bowl game in five years, four years. Look at us. Look at us go. Look at us go. All right. That is going to do it for us. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. If you could, and you listen on Apple iTunes, go there. Great review, subscribe. We appreciate all of you who already have. We don't do enough self-promotion, so uh, need to do a little bit of that. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Peace.